Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Setbacks along the way. But it's going to take it's going to take time to get inflation back to normal levels. By lifting Title 42. A surge on top of a surge here at the border. It's going to be chaos. But when I become speaker, to hold this administration accountable. TikTok is a enormous threat. Research on the moon. It is almost Thanksgiving. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is Thanksgiving week. Uh, Just a programming note, we'll be doing the program today and tomorrow. We'll be off the rest of the week for a little Thanksgiving R&R. As we speak, President Joe Biden and Jill Biden are on the way to eastern North Carolina. The Bidens will be at Cherry Point with Marines and their families to participate in a Friendsgiving dinner, according to the White House. On board Air Force One is Governor Roy Cooper and the state's first lady. The governor uh, early, uh, earlier today attended the pardoning of two North Carolina turkeys. No, no, they weren't the governor and his wife. It was two other turkeys. The uh, visit is part of the first lady's initiative to support military families known as joining forces, Marines from Cherry Point, Camp Lejeune, and New River are expected to attend the dinner. So uh, welcome back to Eastern North Carolina, Mr. President. It took uh, days of counting, but control of the House of Representatives in the upcoming Congress was finally called for Republicans at the end of last week. Votes are still being tabulated, but as right now, it looks like Republicans will probably come in at the 222 marker in terms, which would be interesting because that would be an exact flip of uh, what the Democrats had over Republicans going in. And, you know, I know it was not a red wave like we wanted. I mean, we looks like at, at best we'll stay even in the U.S. Senate. We might lose a seat in the Senate. Hope not. I like Herschel Walker. But uh, at best it will be, a uh, 50-50 in the Senate, and we will be up uh, in the House. What is interesting about this, though, is uh, not only was it an exact flip, but consider the fact that this would increase the Republicans from 213 to 222, and this was after we gained in the 2020 election in the House. So the House is, uh, is, is turning in the right direction. It looks like in Colorado, Representative Lauren Bobart, who we talked about that on Friday, the fact that it looked like she was going to win. They could go in for a recount. However, the challenger has conceded to Bobart, and uh, that is would be 219. There are three uncalled races in California, California three. Some talking heads have already called that for Republican Kevin Kiley. That would be 220. California 22 incumbent Republican David um, Valadero has won re-election per um, talking head Dave Wasserman with a town hall. That would be 221. Then there's California 13. The Republican that race enters this week with a lead by a few hundred votes. But because of the incompetency, there is uh, literally thousands of votes to be counted yet. Uh, it looks like there's a good shot that Republicans could take that. That would be uh, 222. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll be at 222. So uh, on Friday, I was talking about 
the whole global warming, how Biden wants us to be back into the Paris Accords. And I made the comment that, listen, the bottom line is Marxism. The bottom line is redistribution of wealth. And I, I had no clue as to how prophetic I would be. I don't want to strain myself by patting myself on the back, but I, I was prophetic. Over the weekend, it came out that the Biden administration, this is out of the Free Beacon, the Biden administration on Saturday agreed to pay climate reparations to developing nations, a move that China, the world's top emitter of greenhouse gases and one of the largest economies in the world, could profit from. In other words, they're an emerging emerging economy. So therefore, they would qualify to receive money from the United States. Administration officials emerged from the United Nations Climate Change Conference over the weekend with a global agreement to establish a climate justice fund that would see the United States and other wealthy nations pay developing countries for loss and damage caused by climate change. But the UN still classifies China, which boasts the second highest gross gross domestic product in the world as a developing country. Hmm. Meaning it could benefit from the fund. Oh, that's interesting. That classification has left the United States scrambling to assure that China will eventually contribute to the fund. What a crap. I'm sorry. This is, this is garbage of the worst degree. I mean, it's just China signs on to the Paris Accords. They do nothing. They do nothing to eliminate the, the soot and sewage that comes out of China. Nothing. And at the end of the day, they're going to get money from the United States because they're a developing country. The New York Times reported Saturday on this. Beyond its economic status, China is by far the world's number one carbon emitter. Now, we had uh, I, I had a story on Friday from, what was that liberal organization that put that out, saying that United States was the worst No, they're not. I said that on Friday. No, they're not. It's unclear exactly how much the fund would cost, but a 2021 UN estimate placed an annual price tag in the hundreds of billions of dollars. That sky-high figure and China's potential to receive a portion of it will likely draw Congress's ire. I hope. I hope. Please scream and holler from the housetops. But Congress still must appropriate any taxpayer money that goes into it. Now, wait a minute. D- did this Paris Accord, did I, I, Congress never signed off on this, and yet Congress is going to be obligated to pay? Biden's decision to back the climate fund comes just days after his climate czar, John Kerry, assured reporters that such a fund was just not happening. It's a well-known fact that the United States and many other countries will not establish some sort of legal structure that is tied to compensation or liability, Kerry said on November 12th. Roughly one week later, after the conference conclusion, Kerry releases a statement saying he welcomes the fund's creation. Listen, he's, he's up there saying, oh, there's no fund. In the meantime, behind closed doors, he's doing everything to make sure this happens. Why? Because he's a Marxist. The White House did not return a request for comment. Beyond the Biden administration's support for climate reparations, conference attendees face criticism for using gas-guzzling private justice. It doesn't apply to them. Listen, they're the potentates. They're the czars. I mean, John Kerry is the czar of climate change. 
We have to bow to John Kerry. Don't you understand that, people? You're just a serf. He's one of the elites. Power, the future founder and executive director, Daniel Turner, admonished the U.N. and other world climate leaders, arguing that the U.S. taxpayer should not fork over more money for climate reparations when they've already paid for government officials to live glamorously and travel the world in the name of climate change. Bingo! 40,000 people were in Egypt, one of the most posh resorts town in the country, for over two weeks. They they had all they wanted to eat, all they wanted to drink. They were treated as royalty, which they think they are. And you suckers that voted for Joe Biden, these are Marxists. These are Marxists. This is the redistribution of wealth. And listen, the end of the day, they don't care one iota how filthy the air is. That's how Marxists work. They pick an issue which they think, no, nobody can argue with this, right? Everybody wants clean air. Everybody wants clean water. So we'll make this our issue. And we'll lie. We'll lie to the people of the world, well, especially the American morons. We'll lie to them. They'll get all excited about, oh, yeah, we got to do this. And, and look, we'll get votes and we'll get rich. And that's exactly what's happening. And then we'll have the redistribution of wealth. And here's the other thing. These third world countries that are supposed to get this money from the redistribution of wealth, guess what? The people that actually were, would be suffering that you might get a handout, which, which by the way, if we're going to get these third world countries out from poverty by handing them a check, will that do any good? No, it won't. Quite frankly, and, and, and somebody wrote an editorial on this. I can't remember who it was. I was reading it this morning. But quite frankly, these third world countries need to be burning fossil fuels to get their economic engines going, okay? But that being said, if these billions of dollars are transferred, guess who's not going to get it? The people at the bottom. Guess who is going to get it? The oligarchs, the people at the top. They're just going to get rich. They're going to get fat. They're going to get more power. Oh, we got to help the poor people that are starving. Poor people that are starving aren't going to get a dime. Oh, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll have a poster that they'll make. They'll have a poster child of seeing someone, oh, I have a nourishing meal. It's it's garbage. They'll, fend, they'll spend some money on some PR campaigns to make you think these dollars are for worthy causes. It's garbage. Ah. <sighs> Uh, that's, this is one I wish I wasn't prophetic on. Hey, we're going to take a time out. Lots more to talk about, including Carrie Lake and uh, her objection to what's going on in Maricopa County. We'll have that and more. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. If you are tired of the cold, well, good news is it's going to be uh, some pretty nice days coming up. Uh, Friday, there's a chance of showers, but between now and Friday, each day is going to get a little warmer. By the time we get to Wednesday, we'll be up to 65 and sunshine. Thursday, lots of sunshine, partly cloudy, with a high of uh, 64 on Thanksgiving Day. So all in all, 
get out and enjoy. You not only can watch football as you give thanks and spend time with the family, but you can go out and play football. It's going to be that kind of a day. Uh, you're looking at a few clouds tonight, a low of 37. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a high of 59. Tomorrow night, a low of 39. And again, Wednesday, sunshine, a high near 65. So get out and enjoy your family. Uh, weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Have you heard the news? Ironwood Golf and Country Club was voted best golf course in Greenville for the fourth year in a row. Ironwood boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, members-only full-service dining areas with monthly social events, a competition-sized swimming pool, and clay tennis courts making Ironwood the perfect place to make new traditions with your family and friends. Looking for the perfect gift for a loved one? Ironwood has gift certificates available. They've also got a pro shop full of great clothes and great equipment. If you've got a golfer in your life, go for it. As I get uh, hit in the head with a golf club, according <laughs> if you're watching on TV. Uh, looking for the perfect gift, just go to Ironwood or give them a call, 252-752-4653. And, uh, hey, what could be nicer for your family than a membership at Ironwood? That would be a good – boy, you talk about a gift that keeps on giving. They'll love that all year long. The Cary Lake campaign is warning Arizona election officials in Maricopa County to preserve documents after thousands of voters were disenfranchised on Election Day. According to Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Chairman Bill Gates, dozens of polling places in the state's largest county experienced serious problems with their tabulating of the votes on Election Day. Endless complaints have been documented from voters who say their votes were delayed or they were unable to cast votes, that, or their votes simply weren't counted. This is what Bill Gates, this is cut to uh, Clark, this is what Bill Gates, the chairman of the Board of Supervisors for Maricopa County, had to say on his Facebook page about the complaints. Hi, I'm Bill Gates, chair of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. One of the questions that we've been getting since the general election on November 8th is, did the printer problems on election day impact Republican-leaning areas more than Democratic-leaning areas? Well, as your supervisor, I want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to cast their vote. And we've reviewed this issue, and we've found that the 70 vote centers that were impacted by the printer issues were spread all across Maricopa County. What a wuss. <laughs> I'm sorry. This guy. Isn't that refreshing? You're an equal opportunity and competent boob. <laughs> the guy goes, on, hey, rest assured, we're incompetent all over the county. Don't, don't worry about whether you're Republican or Democrat. We screwed up for everybody. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bill Gates. You're an incompetent boob. By the way, uh, Town Hall's reporting. Arizona Attorney General um, Mark Barnovich is demanding answers from Maricopa County election officials after a number of voters were unable to cast their ballots on Election Day. Uh, that is the largest county in the state, and 25% of vote tabulation machines were not working on November the 8th. The Elections Integrity Unit of the Arizona Attorney General's office has received hundreds of complaints since Election Day. Listen, it is not beyond reason to have a do-over. I mean, remember we had a do-over here down in uh, Union County. Who was, what was the name of the uh, Baptist pastor that was running 
where McCray Dallas got involved and uh, was ballot harvesting. And uh, anyway, make a long story short, the elections board said, you know what? There, there was too much controversy over this. We're going to have a redo. We're going to have a do-over. And uh, it sounds to me like uh, they ought to at least be thinking about that. According to Maricopa County, at least 60 voting locations had issues related to some ballot on-demand printers having printer configuration settings that were non-uniform, which appeared to have resulted in ballots that were unable to be read on-site by ballot tabulators based on sworn complaints submitted by election workers employed by Maricopa County. Um, the BOD printers were tested on Monday, November 7th, without any apparent problems. Many of those election workers report that despite the successful testing the night before, the tabulators began experiencing problems reading ballots printed by the BOD printers with the first 30 minutes of within the first 30 minutes of voting on Tuesday. How could you do that? I mean, how could the night before they were all working fine? And then the next morning, within 30 minutes, you've got 25% of them not working. And they said, uh, what, at uh, 70 different tabulators or, or printers, again, it sounds like what they did was you'd go in on a machine and you'd press the buttons of who you want to vote for, and the printer would print out your ballot. You would then be handed the ballot. You would check to make sure that the right circles were filled in as you filled them in. And then you would feed that ballot into the tabulator. Well, the ballot, uh, the printers rather, had such a low amount of ink. If you, you've ever had a printer, I, I'm, everybody's printed stuff. And well, as the printer gets low on uh, ink, what happens is it gets lighter and lighter. Well, the, the print was so light on these ballots that the tabulators couldn't read them. Now, you wouldn't have to, I mean, just have a redo in Maricopa County. Arizonans deserve a full report and accounting of the myriad of problems that occurred in relation to Maricopa County's administration in the 2022 general election. As the canvas is looming and these issues relate to Maricopa ability to lawfully certify elections, the unit requests a response to the aforementioned issues uh, on or before Maricopa County submits its official canvas to the Secretary of State. The Secretary of State, Hobbs. Who's Hobbs? She was the person in charge of the election. Who else is she? She's the person that was running against Carrie Lake, who they've declared the winner. Great Scott. Malfeasance. Malfeasance, big time. Just the news is reporting Democratic. Why do, always, why do they always report as Democratic? It's not Democratic. It's Democrat. Democrat represents Ilhan Omar. Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell, Swalwell, the Fang Fang guy, are individually criticizing House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy for his continued vow to remove each of them from committees in the next Congress if elected chamber speaker. At least McCarthy has good reason to eliminate these people. And where were these people, these, these three that are now complaining trying to keep this PG, now complaining. They, where were they when Queen Nancy Pelosi decided that she was going to reject the people that Kevin McCarthy wanted to serve, was nominating to serve on the January 6th committee? That's never happened before. 
when you have these committees, and this, this is why this whole January 6th committee is just a joke. It's a kangaroo court. She decides, no, I'm not going to seat him. I'm the Speaker of the House. I'm not going to seat him. She had no reason to do that other than the fact that she wanted to stack the deck. Kevin McCarthy at least has got good reason. Omar of Minnesota on Monday accused the GOP leader of having openly tolerated anti-Semitism. This was after McCarthy on Sunday said he would not allow her on the Foreign Affairs Committee due to what he called her anti-Semitic comments. Omar has repeatedly criticized Israel, the world's only Jewish state and the only democracy in the Middle East, and falsely accused the country of attacking Palestinians. In an apology for anti-Semitism in 2019, she still called out the pro-Israel lobbying group, AIPAC, and compared it to the fossil fuel industry. In her statement on Monday, Omar said McCarthy himself accused, quote, Jewish Democrats of trying to buy elections. Now, McCarthy never called anybody out for being Jewish Democrats. He referred in a tweet in 2018 to three people that happened to be of Jewish heritage that are certainly not practicing Orthodox Jews by any means, George Soros, Tom Steyer, and Michael Bloomberg. He called them out because of their involvement in corrupting the midterm elections that year. He never said anything about them being Jewish. She said McCarthy's pledge stroke fear and hate against Somali Americans and anyone who shares my identity and further divides us along racial and ethnic lines. Guess what? Somali Americans, there was a big campaign against Ilhan Omar. There was another Somali American that ran against her and almost won. Swalwell, Eric the Fang Fang Swalwell, suggested the threat to remove him and perhaps the others is because McCarthy has become beholden to Trump wing to the Trump wing of his conference to get votes needed to become speaker. No, it's because you're on the Foreign Intelligence Committee and you're sleeping with a Chinese spy. Schiff who McCarthy said should be disqualified from serving on the Intelligence Committee due to his advocacy for the now-discredited Steele dossier, which Democrats ordered to discredit, then the 2016 GOP presidential nominee Donald Trump. Schiff of California on Sunday also suggested that McCarthy has capitulated to the conference's far-right pro-Trump members. Uh, that's that, you know It used to be, and they still do this, they still call you a racist or a homophobe or a xenophobe. But, but now, uh, if they, they think if you're, you're really going to be insulted, then they need to call you a MAGA Republican. But again, uh, it, when Queen Nancy did it, it was fine. No complaints out of these people at all. Now that they're getting their cow gourd, they're not too happy about it. There was a great op-ed by Greg Jarrett today on Fox News talking about the fact that the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, has weaponized the Justice Department and turned it into a political organization, if you haven't noticed. It protects President Biden and punishes others. Can you say Mar-a-Lago? From the moment he was sworn in as Attorney General, Merrick Garland set out to transform the Department of Justice into a zealous political organ. 
Without conscience, he weaponized his immense powers to protect Biden while punishing his adversaries. Garland's appointment of a special counsel to take over the DOJ's investigation of Donald Trump offers further proof. U.S. government regulations specify that a special counsel will be named whenever there exists a conflict of interest or even the appearance of one. Garland cited Trump's announcement that he is again running for president in 24 and Biden's stated intention to do the same. The impropriety of an incumbent candidate's administration investigating his opponent is self-evident. Yet the attorney general continues to ignore an even greater conflict of interest as he presides over an FBI and U.S. attorney investigation of Hunter Biden that directly implicates his father, the president. How convenient and dishonest. It bears the unmistakable stench of a double standard, you think? The probe has gone nowhere during the Biden presidency, and no charges have been filed. They're talking about the Hunter Biden. More than a dozen FBI whistleblowers have stepped forward to expose the political bias that has deeply infected the investigations that were effectively shut down. The evidence contained on the infamous laptop alone constitutes a compelling case of influence and peddling, fraud, bribery, tax evasion, and the violation of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, as well as the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Again, I mean, earlier we talked about us paying money to China over climate change. Uh, it, it, it begs, you know, it screams, Joe, what do they have over you? Are you doing this just because of all the millions you've made from China and now you're going to pay them back? Tens of millions of dollars flowed into Biden bank accounts from foreign interests and governments who appear to have paid enormous sums of money for access to Biden and promises of influence. Entities in China, Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Romania, and other countries poured money into the Biden coffers with Hunter's father as an expected beneficiary. $40 million allegedly came from Russia, some $30 million from China, and roughly $11 million from Ukraine. Right now, it's estimated that uh, Hunter owes the IRS like $2 million bucks. Yeah, that's almost as much as uh, the formerly big Al Sharpton owes him. Volumes of documents and the damning statements of one of Hunter Biden's business partner partners incriminate President Biden as complicit in his son's lucrative schemes. It is ludicrous for Joe to claim he knew nothing about the nefarious dealings and never spoke to Hunter about it. Photographs and emails directly contradict this. It is a definition of a conflict of interest for the attorney general to oversee a criminal investigation of his boss and his son. Americans have little reason to trust that Garland will disassociate himself from any decision to prosecute. In other words, it's up to Merrick Garland to get the uh, wheels turning on the Hunter Biden investigation. There is a huge conflict of interest. While he's going after Donald Trump more than once, he did the Mar-a-Lago deal. And remember, the Mar-a-Lago deal, I mean, it is interesting to note that Garland criminalized a dispute with the National Archives over material governed exclusively by, exclusively by the provisions of the Presidential Records Act, which is a civil statute, contains no criminal remedy. I mean, Merrick Garland is clearly out of line by proceeding with the Mar-a-Lago investigation and raid 
In court filings, the Trump legal team cited a 2012 dispute over records that Bill Clinton took with him when he departed office, including tapes that were arguably classified. No one raided Clinton's home. The matter was litigated in civil court. A federal district judge in New York ruled that the custody on the records rests squarely in the hands of the former president. In other words, it's the, the former president has more say-so than the National Archives has. District Judge Amy Berman, uh, Amy Berman Jackson, I should say, stated that the National Archives does not have the authority to designate materials as presidential records. The president does. It lacks any right, duty, or means to seize control of them. The court concluded that a former president has sole responsibility to categorize a record as personal or presidential. In her ruling, the judge adopted a very argument made in court by the DOJ that Clinton was entitled to keep whatever he wanted. So when Clinton was stealing, he wasn't stealing. When Clinton took his materials with him, it was up to Clinton to decide. And and that's that's how the DOJ then defended Clinton. Now they have reversed the argument and they're saying that Donald Trump has no right to that. And again, the judge, Amy Berman Jackson, said, no, you can't have it both ways. Uh, the same is true of Garland's decision to direct a new special counsel to investigate whether Trump unlawfully interfered with the transfer of fat power after the 2020 election. Have we not had Congress look into this? Is this not what Donald Trump was impeached for after the fact and it went nowhere? Again, this is weaponizing the DOJ to vilify Donald Trump who would be, I mean, according to, uh, according to cousin Eddie, Biden is running. So here you are weaponizing the DOJ to take out Donald Trump ahead of time. You know, the Biden administration might want to be careful what they wish for. I'm just saying, uh, have you noticed who's standing in the wings? If Donald Trump doesn't run, it's a guy named Ron DeSantis. (laughs) And listen, if, now, I, I still have some question as to whether Ron DeSantis will run or not. I'm not sure that he will, although he's been at a couple of events uh, and he's talked like he might. I think there's a good chance, but I would say there would be a great chance if for some reason Donald Trump decided he wasn't going to run. Now, Trump has already announced it, as you know, but uh, if Donald Trump were to stand aside, Ron DeSantis is ready to step in. And uh, if you think... Uh, Donald Trump's a handful. Point to Ron DeSantis gets in the race. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. The news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So last week we were talking about the fact that the uh, men's soccer team going to the World Cup in Qatar had unveiled a new crest, which had sparked all kinds of outrage. Basically, it's the rainbow flag on their crest of their uh, the shield. And uh, why would you do that as you go to a Middle Eastern country that has strict laws surrounding same-sex relationships? In fact, today there was an American journalist, Grant Wall, 
who says he was refused entry into the United States Wales match at the World Cup in Qatar because of his rainbow shirt. Well claims the security guard told him that the shirt, which featured the rainbow surrounding a soccer ball, was not allowed in the stadium. He later confirmed in a follow-up tweet that he was permitted into the media center after the unnecessary ordeal. Yeah, it was unnecessary because you shouldn't have been wearing it in the first place. I mean, listen, I whether you disagree with the stance that the country of Qatar is making or not, you're a visitor in their country. And again, I go back, these, these same people that are outraged that they can't, and, and by the way, there's a number of teams that were going to have rainbow wristbands and the uh, Federation of International Football Association, they, they came out and said, no, n- no, uh, no rainbow wristbands. I, I've not been able to find online, maybe if somebody else has seen it, give me a call, 561-8255, whether or not the United States went back to their original logo and dropped the uh, rainbow shield. But listen, you go to somebody else's country, you respect that country, even if you disagree with where they stand. You still respect the country. And again, I, I, I point back to the fact that, listen, we're in Afghanistan and Iraq. Christians were told, don't show your Bibles. Don't, don't wear a Christian cross on your lapel. Because you might offend. The, and, and the same people that were pushing this are the same people that are now outraged that they can't flaunt the rainbow flag in front of the uh, country of Qatar. Can't make it up. Talking about the uh, Hunter Biden laptop, congratulations to CBS. They ran a report this morning. <laughs> What's funny about this, I mean, how many years ago did the New York Post originally print this story and they were mocking the New York Post and the New York Post was kicked off of social media, kicked off of Twitter for Twitter for how Twitter is a better, I like that better Twitter for how long. And CBS this morning act like, Oh, we broke the story. <laughs> Our deep journalistic journalistic abilities have uh, unveiled the story concerning Hunter Biden's laptop, and guess what? It might be legit. You know, what's laughable about this? Do you remember back during the presidential race, just before the election in 2020, where this was being talked about in the news, Donald Trump was on, 20, was on 60 Minutes with Leslie Stahl, talking about the legitimacy of the Hunter Biden laptop. Leslie Stahl, and this is just a snippet, but she was insistent that there was no proof. Cut one. It's one of the biggest scandals I've ever seen, and you don't cover it. Biggest you want to talk about... Well, because it can't be verified. You want to talk I'm about insignificant you. things. I'm telling you. Of course it can be verified. Excuse we, me. We they found the laptop. It. Leslie, Leslie. It can't be verified. What can't be verified? The laptop. Why do you say that? Because even the family hasn't. The family on the laptop. He's gone into hiding for five days. He's gone into hiding. He's preparing for your debate. Oh, it's taken him five days to prepare. I doubt it. CBS. I mean, this is just such malfeasance. And again, it's just it's it's the double standard. Uh, and I know we shouldn't be surprised. We ought to live with it. Expect it. But 
<laughs> it's like every one of these stories, there's a double standard involved. Was Merrick Garland, whether it's the, the uh, woke lefties that Kevin McCarthy is saying, you're not going to, you know, be a, a, a you're not going to be on these committees because of uh, how you've behaved in the past. Uh, by the way, speaking of the whole Merrick Garland thing, this guy that uh, they have, Jack Smith, who they are saying, okay, Jack Smith, you're going to be the, the lead guy for this investigation into Donald Trump. This is the same guy that got together with the IRS under President Barack Hussein Obama and they got together with the IRS trying to figure out a way in which they could go after conservative nonprofits, such as the Tea Party, to punish them. The IRS used inappropriate criteria that identified for review Tea Party and other organizations applying for tax-exempt status based upon their names or policy positions instead of indications of potential political campaign interventions, the report concluded. Now, you know, what was interesting about this is if you're a liberal organization doing such things, oh, it's fine. Stacey Abrams' organizations that, I mean, now we're discovering the impropriety of how money was used for personal gain by many of these organizations and black lives matter. I mean, what, what was that uh, woman Kohler was her name? Who's, who's taken all kinds of money out of that nonprofit and bought all kinds of real estates. What? well, this is this Jack Smith is that guy. He is the guy that went to the IRS and said, Hey, how can we catch these people? Uh, by the way, he was also the guy that was knocked down by the Supreme Court. Remember the, the Bob McDonald case where they tried to, who was a conservative Virginia governor, and uh, this guy, uh, Jack Smith, was the guy that tried to have him indicted because they, they tried to make an issue that he was taking bribes. He received some, some gifts from people, personal gifts from people, and uh, the, the Supreme Court told Jack Smith, you know, to stick it where the sun don't shine, that there, there was nothing wrong with what Bob McDonald do, did at all. But uh, th this, is, this is the guy that they now have. So we want somebody that's unbiased, that's fair, that has no agenda, who is going to be the special counsel that has no conflict of interest to be investigating Donald Trump. Well, this is the guy they picked. Can't make it up. Double standard. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Do you remember just before Jen Psaki left her position as the press secretary for Cousin Eddie, she really irritated conservatives when she claimed at the White House podium that the administration was, quote, flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread disinformation. So the president's press secretary 
was uh, basically promoting and pushing that uh, they would be involved in helping social media knock people off social media, censor them. And again, these are supposed to be unbiased platforms. In other words, it's, it's like, this, this would be like, these platforms would be like the telephone company, Verizon telling you what you can and can't say over your telephone call. The Republican uh, attorney generals from Louisiana and uh, Missouri, that would be uh, Eric Schmidt and Attorney General Jeff Landry, have sought a deposition with Jen Psaki, and uh, they wanted to get more information about what was going on. And so uh, they uh, have filed for a deposition. Jen Psaki had 11 lawyers show up at court saying she doesn't need to be doing this. They have no right to have a deposition with her. Well, the courts have uh, come back and said, oh, yeah, you do. Uh, so anyway, Jen Psaki has lost on this one. So she will have to go under oath and uh, be questioned by these two attorney generals. And listen, they're absolutely right. This is censorship of the worst kind. <laughs> Again, the double standard. You've got the Biden administration telling you, the American public, what you're allowed to say. They're all about, they say they're all about transparency, but only if you are pushing and reciting and celebrating their narrative. Anything else doesn't work. Sorry. Hey, listen, we got to run for today. We'll do it again tomorrow, 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Have a great night, everybody. Bye-bye. All right, all right, all right.